This message by Angela Kem was recorded at the Relational Mission Church Planting Conference 2015 in Berkel, the Netherlands. Okay, we represent many nations. We're very passionate about God's kingdom in uh, many nations. We uh, are very passionate about God's kingdom here in the Netherlands. And uh, we've been uh, connected with the, the journey here in the Netherlands for as long as any other nation in New Frontiers, really. And uh, people like Matt's grandfather, uh, you know, is held uh, with much affection here. Uh, coming over, you know, in, in, in a day when it was quite a, a, a radical thing to do, coming, bringing the spirit to the church here, breaking things open. And now Matt's back with uh, Marcus and others uh, pioneering in Amsterdam. And uh, Chris here with his team breaking open such a admirable uh, kingdom work, uh, beautiful church in The Hague, which we admire and respect it so much. We're, we're inspired and provoked by these things. These guys are not uh, simply respected colleagues or even simply dear friends. These are our family on the same mission as us here, uh, looking to see the kingdom of God come in the Netherlands and to spill over into nations beyond. And so we've invited uh, Chris and Matt to come and share. Uh, it says on, uh, on my notes that they're prepared to share for two minutes, which I think is Mark's little joke uh, with me. <laughs> they're probably prepared to share all day, um, but they will uh, they'll give us a little taste of what's happening in The Hague and in Amsterdam, and then we're going to gather around them and we're going to pray, God, will you bless this and uh, bless us in our shared work here in the Netherlands. So, Chris and Matt, over to you guys. Come out here. Let's give them a, a warm welcome. <laughs> I've been on sabbatical. I haven't seen this good man for the last three months, so it's great to see you, man. Thank you so much for having us. I love being in context of church planters. There's something about church planters that's both exciting and crazy at the same time. There's faith, there is excitement, there's such passion. So I love being in these contexts. Also really love being around relational mission things because I feel such a heart connection with what you guys are all about. I know we're in the same family generally, but there's something particularly about you guys that just blesses me whenever I'm among you. And then lastly, it's so special to be in this church because so much of the core team that came with us to Redeemer was uh, so well discipled out of this church and continue to be an incredible blessing uh, where we are in The Hague and where we're going to move on. So uh, we're now five and a half years in The Hague. We love it. We just love church planting. It's fantastic. It's been such a story of the grace of God. And yes, there have been very difficult moments, but just knowing that God's called us to be there, knowing, man, I actually can't imagine myself doing anything else but this is such a wonderful privilege to wake up each morning having that sense. So God's been very gracious to us. We've seen wonderful things happen. I just, I think it's an exciting time to be alive because the cities that we're church planting into, me, you, are cities where God has brought the nations into. And uh, whether it's in Latvia or uh, Holland or the UK, God is bringing people into our cities and they can encounter Jesus and either be an incredible impact there or go back. And so we've seen that wonderfully. We've had 98 nations represented in Redeemer. And here's just three stories for you. One was a girl from Latvia who came uh, to study in The Hague. She was looking for friendship, looking for community. People invited her to the church. She got wonderfully saved, was baptized. Recently for our fifth anniversary, she sent through a video 
to say just what God had done in her. And then amazingly, someone from the church said, look, we'd actually love for you to, to pay uh, for your flight ticket to come back and be a part of the celebration. But in the video that she sent through, she, she was sitting in a field in Latvia holding up a Bible saying, this is the most precious gift anyone has ever given me. And now I've got Jesus living inside me and I'm in this new place. It was a Nigerian woman who was working with Shell. Not a Christian, but she came along to the church. She was very reticent, very hesitant with things, but came on Alpha twice. On the Holy Spirit evening on the first one, she just wept her eyes out. And then about a year later, she went through a whole other Alpha course. A year later, she came and said, I want to get baptized. She said, I met with God powerfully. He's changed my life. She's now going to, she's just moved over to London. But before she, she went, this really quiet gentlewoman stood up and said, I want to say what God has done in my life. It was incredible seeing the impact that has happened there. And then lastly, an American couple came to The Hague, t- taking up a new job. They were not Christians. They came to church every Sunday, and they were Americans, so I assumed they were Christians, but they weren't. And uh, over the space of time, he said, you know what, we just we believe what we're hearing. And we bought a Bible. He said, I read it. I love reading it. In between gaps in work, I read this Bible, and I believe it. Can we get baptized? They have now moved to Luxembourg. They sent through a video for our anniversary celebrations and said, we encountered Jesus there. Now he's living inside us, and we're in a new place. So church planting, you have an incredible opportunity to see the gospel impacting people. I'd love your prayer. We'd so value your prayer. We've come through five and a half years. We believe that's the end of a season which has been so full of the grace of God. But the word over the next season for us is multiplication. So we believe God's called us to multiply both within our city but also into the great cities of Europe and where else God's called us to. So 2016 is a year of both of those things happening, and we'd really love your prayers. We're multiplying within our city, and we're multiplying into a city close by to us. So we'd so appreciate your prayers to plant 10, city, 10 churches in 10 cities in the next 10 years. So it's a little bit silly, but hey, you're all silly because you're church planters, and God's with us. So we'd love your prayers for those things. When Chris says 10 cities in 10, I never heard him say that before. And I thought, Chris, that's crazy. But from this, the story of what's happened in The Hague over the last five years, you kind of think, I think they could do that. So um, to tell you about Amsterdam, I want to start the story a little bit earlier. We moved 14 months ago, but I want to start the story in the 14th century, if you don't mind, a few hundred years <laughs> before. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact date of it, but have any of you guys heard of the Amsterdam miracle? Any, any of you heard of that? It's a story that a, lot of, a few people would know about, but not many. But um, it was the, the Amsterdam as a city was formed when a few farmers and local landowners got together and dammed the Amstel, Amsterdam, and the people began to gather around that area. But there was a relatively small community. And then a, a Catholic old man... Uh, was sick, and some nuns came to him and brought communion to him, and he took communion. He took the little Eucharist, the little piece of bread, and he ate it, and then immediately vomited and threw it up again. Um, and they took the vomit, and they thought, what do we do with this? So they threw it on the fire to burn it all up. 
and uh, it all bu- the vomit burned up apart from the piece of bread, the, the Eucharist. So as Catholics would do, they got very excited. And they put this piece of Eucharist in a church. This is just off uh, Calvastrat in the center of the city. And the church burnt down twice, and each time the tiny piece of bread remained. So the story goes. And uh, the, so Amsterdam became a place of Catholic pilgrimage where people from all over Europe in the Middle Ages flocked to the city to come and see this, this church, this Eucharist, to hear the story. The Holy Roman Emperor sent his son who got healed miraculously. He was on death's door and he got healed. And more and more people flocked to the city. And that's partly how Amsterdam grew into the fame it now has. And then obviously... During the Reformation, uh, uh, Catholicism kind of died out in the city. Uh, Protestant churches grew up. Uh, and more and more, uh, and the, the Catholic heart of the city remains. Many of the streets in the center of Amsterdam are named after Catholic saints and priests. There's Blood of, Clo- Blood of Christ Street, Lodstrat, in the center of the city. Um, but obviously the city uh, uh, moved away from Catholicism, and then um, during the last 200 years, lots of Jews moved into the city. At the start of the Second World War, there were perhaps 100,000 Jews. 20% of the city was Jewish. Obviously, what happened during the Second World War, we'd all know about. And after the war, there were maybe five or 10,000 Jews left. And the, the, what had been the Jewish quarter of the city, which had been before been the Catholic part of the city, died out. And now we know that part of the city is the red light district. So if you walk down Blood of Christ Street now, you'll see brothels, and it's a pretty horrible place. And I tell you that story not because we're trying to plant some sort of Catholic or Jewish community in the city, but at the center of cities, the reason cities, the reason communities of people exist on our planet is because God wants worshippers, and he gathers people together in these cities and communities And right at the center of those things are the plans and purposes of God. And God looks at them and says, yes, I want worshippers in that place. So when you walk down Blood of Christ Street and you're careful where you put your eyes, you think, I want this back, you know? So that's what we're trying to do in Amsterdam. And I share this with our people and they look at me and say, Matt, you're crazy. You know, there's, there's 15 of us or whatever it is. There's not many of us. So we're just getting started. We moved 14 months ago. We're swapping mics. Is that better? Oh, great. So we moved 14 months ago. I've got four daughters. The oldest three got chucked into school and are now fluent Dutch speakers, and away they go. So I'll try and speak Dutch. And uh, last week, my oldest daughter said, Dad, just just stop, because you just sound weird. (laughs) So they're very encouraging to live around. But we're really enjoying being in the city. It's a brilliant place to raise children and to grow a family. And we're having so much fun gathering people with us. We started meeting in our home every Sunday in our apartment, and we've outgrown that now. We've got too many children, basically, and our neighbors were getting a bit disgruntled. So uh, in April, we moved into a venue in the city center and started meeting once a month there. And as of the 25th of October, so a few weeks' time, we'll be moving to another venue in the city, which will be meeting there every week, um, at um, probably about 11 o'clock in the morning. So that's a big step for us, but we're really excited about, about moving on to that. So pray for us as we do that. If I could ask you two things, pray for us. Firstly, as we move into this new venue, we're a small group of people, so it's a big step for us, but we really believe 
God's with us in that. And also just pray for laborers to join us. It's Luke 9 or 10 or wherever it is where Jesus sends out the 72. And he looks out and says, the harvest is plentiful, but pray for the laborers. And we look around the city and there's so many stories of church plants that have failed and things that have gone wrong. But actually there's a lot of brilliant stuff that's happening in the Christian community in Amsterdam with churches all around us thriving and growing and people getting saved and added to the church. So we're really excited about what God has for us. Um, and often my prayers are towards the city and God says, no, pray for laborers. It's not bad to pray for the city and pray for people around you, but pray for laborers. So please pray for us that people would add more people to us to come and join us on this, uh, this great mission. Brilliant. Thank you. Just, just move a little bit that way so we can gather around it. Come and gather around these guys, mighty warriors. It's a privilege to lay hands on. And uh, you may also receive a blessing uh, back as you pray for them. So let's pray. If anybody wants to lead us uh, from the microphone, just grab it from me and uh, be happy to do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I really feel, Chris, that the Lord is speaking over you right now, that he's um, got an image of, um, you know, those stairs in a fun house. They seem to not be in the, in the opposite directions, the, the staircases. And I believe that God is, is, you're waiting for them. Those two represent two of the areas you really would like to see growth and you really would like to step into, but you're uh, hesitant because you think those, those two stairs don't line up. And you're waiting for the moment that they will line up so that you can enter those stairs or you can access those staircases. But I think that God is saying it's not going to happen. Those two staircases will uh, um, always be uh, in different directions. But I'm going to learn the rhythm to, to climb those stairs. I'm going to learn you the rhythm to climb those stairs. And you will be an example for how you can uh, uh, manage those two things. So I really believe God wants to encourage you just to, to, to take the step and learn the rhythm of those two that c- kind of seem opposite directions. But I think that's what God's saying to you right now. Chris, I just believe that, that in this season that God just wants to encourage you that you have his heartbeat. That's like just like uh, John that leaned on the uh, breast of Jesus. And I just really believe that there's just a real sensitivity and that, and that God's just brought to your heart. And I just believe God just wants to encourage you to stay close to his heartbeat. I just believe there's going to be some paths you're going to have to navigate, some things that on the outside are going to be decisions that could be made, but it's the heartbeat of Jesus that's going to help you to navigate the still small voice. That, that it's going to, uh, There's going to be a contrary sound at times, and God's just going to give you real guidance to also just believe that there's just really an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to come even in a greater measure. I just see God's going to release healing right now. I just see a well of healing open up in your in your midst and I just see it not only just um, flowing in the church but flowing out. I just see it spilling out into your small groups and even into this thing, this movement of what you're doing in, in other places multiplication. There is a, a multiplication of the of spiritual kingdom activity that God is going to bring amongst you and things are just starting now. It's almost like you can see rain dropping but God says I'm sending I'm sending deluge. I'm, I'm calling, causing wells to rise up in your midst. Thank you Lord. Thank you, God. Um, and just Chris, Chris confirming, you know, the prophetic. 
you know, God loves you. He, he just rejoices over all you're doing. But it's not even the size of your vision. It's not even the size of the deeds that encourages him. He is thrilled by the size of the heart that you're putting into this. You, you've got a big heart. The word just came through a moment ago about the heartbeat. Hold on to that. Your heart is very special. Out of the heart, out of the inner being, flows life. Guard your heart. Just guard your heart. Your vision for increase, your vision for expanse. That's, I, I, I sense God saying this morning, that's already birth, my son. It's already birth. Guard your heart. It's the size of the heart that you put into this work that thrills me, says the Lord. If I just made what you're doing in the cities of Europe, Lord Jesus, right now it seems to be a time where you're bringing our attention to the cities of Europe. You're bringing your attention to the cities of Holland, Rotterdam, The Hague, Amsterdam, other cities. You're bringing your attention of uh, your church to bring your, your gaze and your heart attention, saying, I want my church here. And the names, Redeemer and Liberty. Uh, you know, the blood of Christ Street. There's a, you're wanting to bring Christ back into the cities. And Father, we pray for the, the, the ten cities that are going to come out of uh, Redeemer in, in the Europe. Lord, we pray for cities to come back. Uh, Lord, be turned, be impacted by the church of Christ again. The, the, the fi- they'll find their Redeemer. They'll find their liberty. Lord, we pray, Lord, for uh, great and glorious churches, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the, the temple of the living God, the his family in the presence in the heart of these cities lord jesus we pray lord for uh, all the resources lord the multiplication of workers the multiplication of resources of leaders and lord of stories the stories of people being saved and won back to jesus people who've heard about the glorious gospel lord from all over the world lord and lord i pray i believe that from both of these cities we know that there's such a great history out of uh, these places of where things have traveled the port cities of holland and how it's gone to all over the world i believe there's going to be a fresh wave of exports of the people of god to the nations there's going to be a fresh wave of people coming into the port cities of holland finding jesus and then being exported back out you know these container ships huge container ships going back out to the world to the nation full of the resources full of the things they have been filled up with here in 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 the hague and in in amsterdam and here in rotterdam i pray as well lord jesus they're going to be filled up here and sent to the nations lord we pray lord over them would you bless them bless them mightily lord god for the glory of jesus in this nation and the nations amen I see this picture of a, a, a flower at night when it's dark, the flower is closed, and it's almost like it's, it's not appealing, it's, it looks horrible, it's just a green, ugly thing. But as soon as the light falls on it, the, and the sunlight falls on it, the flower opens and it becomes this beautiful, beautiful thing where people take, uh, which, which people rejoice. And I think the Lord is saying like, um, he's, he's put your, his favor over you, that as soon as you cast his light in areas where there is where it is dark and where there is nothing appealing to be there, the Lord just comes. When you bring His light there, things will open up and will bring, will will bloom something beautiful. 
you know, Chris, in our house, we've got like a hedge coming over from next door. And no matter how much we trim it back, because it's not like planted in our garden, it just keeps coming again and again and again. I feel God will say there's a grace on you to stay very connected to your multiplying that goes over the hedge. So there's going to be something where uh, there's a durability to it, that even when there seems setbacks, because it's so connected and there's such a heart heart strength, uh, the, it's just going to keep growing. And our fence now, the panels are, are molded into the shape around the kind of uh, the stems that have come through because the stems have been there and eventually the, 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 the panels have shaped around it so the next spurt of growth is easy and I feel it would be something of uh, whether it's going again and again with men of peace or little openings and you think oh has this come to anything but they're going again and again forms an opening and there, there'll be particular people that you think oh really is this an open door or not and it'll be a cutback but it'll keep growing you, you'll feel God nudge you again and again and he's formed that opening and the growth will come praise God wonderful I think we could be going all morning if uh, we want to make some space for Angela so uh, God bless you guys and uh, take a blessing back to your your churches okay wonderful okay Angela come come here (laughs) this one here okay okay where would we be without Angela eh where would we be without Angela so where would Greg be without Angela yeah what a blessing it is to have such a firebrand among us yeah okay Now, Angela's been, been laboring all week with the other members of the prophetic team. Um, so, no, don't run out, Mike. Oh, he's going to sit down. Okay. So, do you want to just, if you're on the team that's been serving with Mike and Angela, do you want to just stand up where you are? Okay. Now, before you show your appreciation to these guys, I just want to say, uh, I think it's, um, that means you, John. Oh, you're, are you, are you busy prophesying? We just want to... No, just, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. We just want to... That's all right. Just, just, just stay on the plot. <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of the things that I most appreciate about this time together is, uh, is these people prophesying over every. Um, who here has received a helpful word in this week from these? Look at this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where can we go if we don't know what God is saying to us? You know. And I would say that uh, many people have worked very, very hard this week, but these people have worked. Uh, they poured out their anointing again and again. You know, I just stand up every few minutes, make a few silly quips and sit down and enjoy myself. These people are actually doing the work, you know. <laughs> All right. Now, I know, you know, can we, you know, we've got many things to do today. Can you just go and pray a blessing? If you have a prophet near you, go and lay hands on them and just pray a blessing on them and just say, God, will you replenish them? Will you give them back a hundredfold what they have given out? So come and just gather around these folks for a moment. Well, we do pray a blessing over our brothers and sisters. Thank you for their, their, their willing heart to uh, pour out over us. And uh, we say, Lord, will you give back to them a hundredfold what they've given out, Lord? And uh, we, we just pray they'd be so encouraged 
Lord Jesus, as the day is called today, they would be encouraged just to see uh, the, the, the purposes of God worked out as they've been obedient in their anointing. And I ask you also, God, that you would multiply their anointing. It's like a muscle as they've been exercising their gift in obedience, um, uh, you know, sometimes in, in, in trepidation. Lord, that you would deepen and broaden the gift for the sake of your church and for the sake of your kingdom in our day. We bless them in Jesus' name. Let's show them our appreciation, shall we? Let's just thank them. Thank you, God. I asked Kevin to get a word from God for you. There's a lesson here. I picked on Angela this morning. (laughs) And I I said, I know better than to pick on the speaker. So it wasn't very long before she came over. Would you ask God for a word? Of course I will, Angela. I appreciate you said that she's going to, what did you say, uh, Scare us, um, ter- terrify, yeah, terrify us, yeah, so, but anyway, God is good. Uh, a scripture that I have is rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And, um, as, as, I, as I looked at that scripture, I was just struck with um, really the, 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 really pretty much everybody here, I would say everybody here has received promises this week, right? Um, some, of, some, some of them are new promises. Some of them are promises that you already had in your heart. Some of them are promises that have been spoken over a year and days gone by. I, I want to encourage you that these are days, the, the, these are days to ask God. Because God is a God who gives generously, right? Without finding fault, without placing blame. And so don't hold back from asking God. It, it says with thankfulness, right? Make your requests known to God. Um, there, there's, there's so many things that are, that are uh, contingent on our response to the word of God, to the response to the prophetic uh, word um, that, that just require a, a, a little bit of participation from us, right? God, we know that God watches over his own word to perform it, but it requires a response um, in the inner man. And that inner, that, that response, I want to encourage you is, is to say, God, give me what you promised. God, this is not right. You promised this. Give me this, God. Make your word known. Cause your word to come forth. Watch over your own word to perform it. So I want to encourage you as a, as, as a people. There's, I, I, I also have to say um, it has been an absolutely incredible privilege to be amongst you this week. Um, I, it's, it's, it's exciting to always exciting to come and, and to bring a, a prophetic ministry to a people, but it has been way over the top privilege um, highlight of my life to be here with you people there's a there's a unique uh, there's a unique spirit here amongst you that that that's going out all over the world and it it, it it depends of course on you guys having that response before God that says yes and amen agreeing with the Holy Spirit and saying God give me what you promised Give me what you promised. I believe that there's, you guys are coming into a season where there's an open heaven, sort of, where ask and I'll give it to you. Just ask. Son, just ask. Daughter, just ask. 
because you because we know that God is with you. We know that God is for you. His plans and intentions are for you and not against you to bless you, right? So ask, ask, ask. I just love the prophetic because that is excellent because that's where I'm going today, exactly there. Because this is just really a recap of what has been happening over these days. When I saw that Mike Betts had chosen Luke 9 to speak from, I just about jumped out of my skin here because I have a history of stuff done. It's a, it's a big history and it'll take me all day to tell you all the stories. But I've really seen God at work. Um, I've, I've started two church plants from scratch. Chris comes from our church and has seen the fruits really. And so when I speak to you, it's from having done stuff. It's not just having read the Bible and now giving you Bible verses. I've really seen God do things. And when I started doing what I was doing, I had no model, no nobody to tell me anything. I was at home for that season and just went and did. I read the Bible and thought, oh, so this is what we do. And so I followed the Bible and it worked. And it was from Luke 9. I looked to see... What do we do? How did Jesus do it? Well, he said to the disciples, now go out in twos. I'm sending you into the villages and the cities. Go and prepare. And where you go, I will come. That's the whole point. Where you go, I'll come. And he gave them authority and power and said, go. Speak about the kingdom. Heal the sick. Where you are accepted, stay and eat whatever they give you. And um, and if they don't receive you, well, move on to somewhere else where I have prepared. So I thought, well, so that's what we do. So I went, and I went and asked for them, Lord, so where's the man of peace? And he took me to places, and it wasn't always the man, that person wasn't the man of peace, but was actually uh, a door to the man of peace. And he actually did what he said, because I expected him to. You know, he has to. He said, this is how you do it. Therefore, he must do it. I know I, I'm, I'm speaking to you like I live. This is my expectation. You're getting me this morning, you know. This is how I look at the Bible. This is how I look at God. This is, he, he just speaks truth. And my expectation of him is so high because I can't do a thing. What do I know? How do I know to do anything but he, he can do this. And um, um, I, I mentioned Numbers 23, um, 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Now, I read that. And say, so, well, okay, Lord, you're not a man that lies. Therefore, you've given us a model. And... It has to work because you put it there. But something happens in our thinking where, yeah, but what if it doesn't come? And what if it won't? And, and the struggles. You see, I can talk from a, well, I can take you back to Cape Town and there's all this success. But the, the troubles and the hardships and the 
weeping and wanting to give up was so big. But I love the people, you see. It's the compassion for the people. I love the people whom I was serving. I just felt God's heart for people. And so when this uh, conference has been about Luke 9, uh, um, it just is, it's like God is prophetically giving you, giving you again. <laughs> I'm, and I missed that. Well, I realized, but I wish I'd seen it. <laughs> Now, by the way, that wasn't prophetic. Don't walk into walls. <laughs> but I just feel that God has again given you a blueprint. No matter where you or I are, where we go, it's a matter of do what he, do what he says. In, in Luke, Luke 5, I think it is, Peter said, but Lord, we've been fishing all night. But because you say so, because you say so, I will do it. And, and that's what Steph spoke about, listening to God. It's the suffering and listening to God. Because when we follow Jesus and do this, the suffering is so big. And we don't often speak about suffering because we're into the glory days. But the suffering is massive. And when we talk about the suffering, you can actually say, oh, okay, so this is normal. It's not that I'm not doing something right. It's, it's quite normal for us to follow Jesus and suffer because we have an enemy. And, uh, and he's, he can't steal our salvation, but my word, can he steal our joy, our confidence, our mindsets? He whispers, he knows all of our weak points. And we've all got different ones, and he presses that all the time. And that's his job. And God allows the suffering because actually it strengthens us to push through. And unless we ourselves have suffered, comfort those with the comfort you have received. As we suffer and come through, we, he softens our heart to actually have compassion on others. Because even the breaking of the bread, the 5,000, Jesus, filled with compassion, um, he just had the, had the news that John the Baptist, his cousin, had been beheaded. And he'd been healing all day, wanted to get away and actually mourn by, you know, go with his disciples and mourn. So he tried to sneak away. But when he got there, there's the 5,000 men. So I think I heard somebody say it's about 25,000 people were sitting there, men, women, and children. That's a lot of people. And he was tired, and he wanted to mourn, but filled with compassion, he started again. And to me, lots of people come to me and say, you know, I ask people, what must I pray? Just give me more faith. And, and when the disciples asked Jesus for more faith, he didn't, he didn't give them more faith. He said, if you've got the faith of a mustard seed. And we've all got mustard seed faith. And uh, it's the mustard seed faith that he's actually calling on us to use. And I just feel for us, he wants to say, he will come. Don't give up. Don't give in. 
push through because he has to do what he said he would do. And it's, it's going again. It's going again to speak about Jesus. Or friend, friend uh, what's it? Fun, friendship, food, and fellowship. Um, but it's to, it's to do that again, to again lay hands on the sick. Even if you haven't seen something happen, it's not about what happens. You know, we are microwave Christians. Bing! And out comes the hot meal. But only the microwave can actually heat the food. Only God can do the end result. He heals, he saves, he delivers. He actually builds church. He does all the things, but it's the walk to get there. That is actually the big thing. It's the obedience. It's obedience that counts. And the end result belongs to him. And sometimes we want to talk about the success but actually, God is shaping us in the walk. So in the townships where I worked, people shaped me. And uh, I thought that I was going to go do good. But you know, people did me more good. And I got more, I am who I am today because of the walk I walked through. The people in the township, me coming from an apartheid South Africa, they said to me, you know what, Mama Angela, we're going to make you human. You understand? Because here we go. We're going to go and do some good. And there was no humanity about it. And I had to learn and be reshaped by the very people I was serving. So when you go out to plant church or in a work situation or wherever you are with people, we Christians, we think we're going to go and do all this good. But actually, we are doing good. But people around us, God's put them around us to shape us as well. So each person, whether they are nice or not nice, and I've met some very not nice people, but when I look back now, as iron sharpens iron, even even in a Christian context and with the people, the Christians I worked with, I mean, some of them I wanted to smack <laughs> because they they just they just they don't understand, you know, that kind of they just gave me a hard time. When I look back now, it was from pushing through and letting God work on my attitude, that when I look back, they're the ones that have given me the stickability. It it is from pushing through and winning that actually um, I can stand today having done what I've done um, because of the walk. So don't give up. I, I feel I want to kind of shout it over you. Don't give up. Go again. Go again and again. And let this, you know, ride the waves of suffering, but also hold Jesus to his word. You know, standing in the townships, all I had, all I had was the Bible. It didn't seem like enough because I needed food to give to people. People wanted food, jobs, they wanted healing, they were sick. HIV positive, people dying, and I've got the Bible and nothing else. And it made me so desperate, I would stand in the township with the Bible and say, You said, Lord, you said, what are you going to do? You said, you said. And um, he had to. Otherwise, my famous saying, I would have nagged him to death. I would have kept on, and I did. I kept on at God. You must do it. He did. He did come. Sometimes, not the 11th hour, it was not the 12th hour, it was 1 o'clock. And uh, I never thought he'd come. 
But uh, I'm just going to tell you one story and then we can do something else. But <laughs> why does everybody giggle nervously? But I'd, I'd led a woman to the Lord, and she lived in a shack behind a house in one of the townships. And the house belonged to a witch doctor. And the witch doctor would come out, a lady, every morning and put holy water around on the path and around the shack and so on to keep the, the evil away. When this woman became a Christian, she realized that that water wasn't too holy and that, uh, you know, it would attract the demonic more than keep it away. And having given the gospel to this woman, I felt so responsible because the, 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 the witch doctor woman said, well, if you don't like what I'm doing, you must move. Now we're talking no money. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Where do people move to? I felt bad about leading her to the Lord because I'd, I'd, I'd added something to her which was um, horrible because people don't have accommodation. And, um, and, and yet you know that you've given life and yet there's this responsibility. Oh, Lord, you've got to do something. And so the witch doctor lady said um, to my friend, I'm giving you three days. And, and my friend had a, about a seven-year-old boy and I'm, who was in school, and I, I'm, I'm giving you three days, I want you out. So, of course, my friend comes to me and says, what must I do? I think, oh, my word, I'm so busy now doing all these others, and now I've got this. What are you going to do, Lord? And, and it's the, everything's desperate. It's so desperate. Anyway... After three days, this woman wasn't thrown out. But what she had to do is she had to get up early in the morning, early, and walk around the streets because she didn't want the witch doctor lady to come and shout at her. And she would walk around the streets till school time, then put her child in school and then go and sit in somebody's house until coming back from school, fetch her child and walk around the streets till about 11 o'clock at night when the witch doctor lady went to sleep. That's no life. And I knew that I was responsible, if you, if you hear what I'm saying. And um, anyway, we, were, we had one of these morning cell groups, and we were all praying there. And my friend walked in and she said, now I am out on the streets. What, am, what, what can we do? And we, we prayed, feeling awful. And she left. And uh, anyway, a, f a few of us went to, as we were leaving, we went to stand on the pavement. And I just said, Lord, this is, this is not right. This is your name, Lord. You have to do, you've got to, it's accommodation. Accommodation's a big thing in the townships. You must do something. When I got back to the church office, there was a little note, please phone so-and-so, a woman in our church who was quite racist, really, and wasn't very approving of what I was doing, bringing race groups together. And it was just phone her, and I thought, oh, no. Now she's going to moan again about something I've done. You know how we have preconceived ideas? Oh, I've missed something. While in the township, this, my friend, who had no accommodation, came and said she needed a thousand rand, um, which is nothing in pounds, 
but a lot, a lot in rands. She needed a thousand rand because there was a shack being sold, but she needed the money now. I didn't have the money. And um, so we said, Lord, we, we would like that money, thank you. Okay, so I, I phoned this woman. Um, as I say, she was quite racist, and I expected a good beating again. And she said to me, do you need a thousand rand? And I said, um, yes. And she said, she's an artist. And she said, she woke up in the morning and God told her to sell one of her paintings for a thousand rand and give it to me. This is before I knew that the thousand... Do you see, God had prepared the way. So she brought the thousand rand. I took it into the township to the, my friend who needed it. I didn't go with her to buy the shack because otherwise the price rises, you know. And she, she bought it, and by that evening she was in her own place. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of stories like that of God. You see, he has to answer. If he has commissioned us to go and do this, then he must play his part. But unfortunately, we get so tied up in the little details and the, oh, I need a thousand rand, what am I going to do? That, um, that we forget the God bit and we try to do it ourselves uh, in our own strength and then we get discouraged and disheartened. But even if he's put you in another nation, if you've left your home to go to another nation, nobody's left father, mother and so on, said Jesus, without getting something back. It's to be able to stand and say, okay, Lord, well, I've done my part. What are you going to do? Will you supply finance? Lord, you're the one who saves. Come and save people. Lord, do your part. It's a change of mindset, an expectation that God will come through. And that's what I would like to speak in here. And it's, it's what Kevin said about a, uh, an expectation that God will do something that we can't do. We, we've got to stand and admit, even as if you're planting a church or in the workplace or wherever, it is, I can't do this. But before time, he prepared good works for us. And when he's prepared it, that means it's prepared. The gifting you need, the everything you need is prepared. But you, and, and we've got everything for life and godliness in us already. But we've got to work out what Christ has put in. And I think that's the thing. And it's, and it's about him. It's about, Lord, I can't do it. My eyes are on you instead of, well, I suppose I'm anointed for this. I'd better go and do it. Now, I'm anointed for it, so the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing must do it. Um, I, I expect the anointing to work. I didn't prepare this, you know. Uh, Mark just said, look at an overview and give us an overview. And so, yeah, I'm standing, talking, but it's, it's the anointing. I expect, even if I waffle, it's the anointing. That must do the work because I can't do it. And I think that if I can leave that with you as a key, I'm anointed. Where I walk, the atmosphere changes because I'm born again. I carry him in me. And where I go, whether it's in a shop or work or wherever, um, the anointing, him, the aroma of Christ follows me and wafts over wherever. And everybody's blessed because I, as a born-again person, is is in that shop or whatever. And that's, that's your inheritance. Because you carry him, you have the favor of the king to take wherever you go. It's, it's how you think about yourself. 
than is the breakthrough, more than the words you say or whatever. Yeah? So, Mike Bollinger, he's got an announcement to make. Actually, I just, uh, I was, I was going to share a little bit of, bit of a, a notice, but it's kind of a prophetic notice, so we're kind of fitting it here in this. I've never done a prophetic notice before. <laughs> But uh, earlier this morning, I kind of woke up and felt a, a bit stirred from Luke 17. And I'll just read it. You don't need to turn to it. But it tells the story of the ten lepers. And the story of it goes is the fact that they, they were crying out to Jesus. So they cried out for answers from Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, Jesus spoke to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And the thought that I had about it was the fact that that at the moment that he spoke, they weren't instantly healed. That actually, that, it, that faith anticipates delay. But then there was one that came back and celebrated when, they, when the healing came. And we've just been, in our own church in Lowestoft, we've actually had some, some healings that actually we anticipate, even when we're praying for people, we'll, we'll pray for them and say, is it any better? They go, well, not, not really. So we pray again, and they go, well, um, not. But we actually are feeling that, that we're saying, just go from here. We're, we're praying and say, God, from here, we pray that you would heal them as they go. And I had one young man, Sam, he came and he had a blocked ear, and he says, I can't hear anything out of my ear. And... Um, we prayed and nothing happened. I said, text us when it, when it, when it opens. And 20 minutes later, he texts and says, my ears opened. And, and, and then I just had a text this week from a lady named Penny. And, and she came up to, to, with us and another lady we prayed and, and she had problems with her hips from childbearing and all that sort of thing and really painful. And she was having to go for some surgery and it was something that had troubled her for some time. And again, we prayed and, and a couple of times and nothing. We just said, okay, we're just going to, pray ask god to to heal and and she just sent me a text she said hi mike just want to let you know that since i've had significant improvement in my hip since it came so we got prayed a couple of weeks ago the pain is considerably less and i've i've nearly fully near fully mobility um, praying that this continues and i just sort of felt as though that god wanted to encourage i believe he wanted to raise our faith level in in the area of kingdom activity and I just even believe that God wants to raise the, the, the water level of the spirit of healing in our midst. And, and to, to pray, anticipate delay, but then celebrate and praise Jesus when it happens. And even just sort of mindful that, that there were ten leopards here, and we, we've been praying for us prophetically. There's about 50 of us here that, that we prayed for, and even last time we prayed. And I just want to encourage us to, to let's, could you help us to celebrate what God has said and what God does by coming back to us with things that God has spoken, things that God has confirmed, things that God has happened, because then we can celebrate and thank Jesus. It also gives feedback to those that are just stepping out and believing for that. So my notice part of it, a couple of things. First of all, my email address is going to come up on the screen. That if you have a story that comes from what you've received prophetically the last time um, uh, we had the gathering or from this time, let's please just come back like that one and just say, thank you. This Jesus said that it's all about him, but this happened. And so we can collect together these things to thank Jesus and, and to build this sort of place of faith in, in the prophetic. We're building together with, with what God says and what we're doing about it. Also, too, just some people are asking, well, how do I get my email to get the prophetic words? You can use my email address, Mr. Bollinger. My middle name is Robert, but it can be Mr. Bollinger to you. 
Mr. at gmail.com. Um, and, but again, the, the heart of it, I really just want to pray. I want to ask God that He would just raise our faith to be able to anticipate that even when we pray, that though nothing may happen right away, and those things God has spoken, though nothing might happen right away, anticipating that it will happen, and being ready to celebrate it when it doesn't thank Him. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now and thank you, Father, for an increase of the water level of kingdom activity among our churches represented here and even in the wider churches. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray and I prophesy wells of healing, Father, to open in our midst. Father, wells of healing to open in our homes, wells of healing to open in our marketplaces, wells of healing to open up, Father, across the coffee, in a a coffee shop, Lord. I pray and thank you for faith to believe that you will heal and you can heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to do some commissioning now. It's like I, I feel God wants to commission you and all of us to go again. And the commissioning comes with great power from God. And it is, it is I've, I've asked three people to come and do the commissioning and Take it as the Lord speaking through, saying, now. You're going to be like the 12 or the 72 who are going to come back. Even the demons had to bow down. That's our inheritance. They healed the sick. They advanced the kingdom. They just did it because he said. And it's a a commissioning of, it's like going to be an impartation of that faith to believe again. To take the mustard seed that you've got. And watch him do the impossible with the mustard seed. Because a mustard seed is enough. And so I've asked Morris and Gert and Vlada, uh, three men who I've seen the most wonderful anointing on, to actually come and do and pray each one in their own way. Pray impartation and commissioning. It's like Dad saying, come on kids, let's go again. Let's go again. If you want that commissioning, if you want the impartation, I want you to gather around. Let's get in close. Close and let's see what happens. Because there's a flow. You know, as, as we touch each other, the flow of the Holy Spirit affects us. You may. Uh, I want to pray something for you guys. So when you come forward, I really felt in my spirit, I have something to give you. And I really want to give you this. Uh, an angel asked me to pray for you. God immediately remind me of something which it looks like he put this in me a long time ago. You know, uh, this is something which pop in in my life from time to time. It's really encouraged me. It really gives me a burst of faith and energy and spirit in me to keep me going. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember the book uh, White Fang by uh, Jack London? I read it a million years ago. Uh, I don't remember anything of that book except one thing. Uh, that's that famous fight between White Fang and other dogs. If you remember, White Fang is a half dog, half wolf, very strong, captured by people, put in this illegal uh, uh, dog fights in cages and everything, and he, because he was really strong and big dog, Every single dog they put in front of him, he will just beat him up, you know, straight away. Until they put English Pitbull Terrier in a cage with him. 
and he never found this kind of breed of dog before. While every other dog will bite and let go and attack again. Bite, let go and attack again. English Pitbull Terrier will bite and hold. Will bite and hold, you know. Iron, uh, a jaw, uh, strength will bite his, his, his neck and let go, and let, not let go, and White Fang tried to get rid of that dog and just losing strength all the time and nearly died. And God is always reminding me with that word, you know, a pit bull mentality, a pit bull mentality, a pit bull mentality. And I want to pray for you to have in your spirit that pit bull mentality, you know. This enemy will die only if we abide and not let go, you know. That moment you went to that city, that moment you went to that place, that moment when you start that, that, uh, that pioneering adventure, you, you, bought, you, you bit your enemy and just don't let go. It will fall down one day. It will fall down one day. Don't give up. It's bleeding to death, you know. His time is finished. Just don't give up, you know. It's the spirit of Wilhelm Wilberforce, you know, in a parliament. I'm not moving from here until the slavery is not finished. It's the spirit of Captain Shackleton. We are going. Doubtful return, it's questionable. But we're not going to give up, you know. It's the, it's the General Montgomery in, a, in a South Africa. I ordered to burn all plans for return. We are staying here, dead or alive. We are staying here. We're not moving back. You know, God is going to open those cities for us. Let's not go back. Right. Thank you. Just, I'm, I'm not, just short. I'm reminded of this verse from Romans 1, where Paul says, A servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And I would like to say um, yourself, to put in your name and say, um, whatever your name, servant of Christ Jesus, called to be a, whatever you believe you're called to, but set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised before and through the prophets in the Holy Scripture. But the, the key thing is, I'm set apart for the gospel of God. So, so mention your name, say, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be whatever you believe you're called to, and set apart for the gospel. Okay, go ahead. Spirit of Jesus, we ask you to come again upon our, our, our hearts, Lord. We are men and women with feet of clay, but we have this treasure within us. And uh, Lord Jesus, we have come to recognize that uh, it's not anything of us. It is entirely of you, Lord. We've given up that fight now. We know, we know that uh, if you are not uh, in us, upon us, what can we do, Jesus? What can we do? And so we're just asking you now, Lord, just to commission afresh with your spirit, just a confidence in you, Jesus. Uh, you, who else can we turn to? You're the one that we're pursuing. You're the one that we're following. We go where you go, Jesus. Uh, we do what you do. We, we, unless we, we see you doing something, it's not interesting to us. Lord Jesus, and we're just asking now, uh, by your Holy Spirit, that you would refresh our friends here today, that you'd refresh us in our innermost being. Uh, we would just know the tender affection of Jesus. Uh, we're not sort of uh, on a treadmill trying to impress you. Uh, we're beloved sons and daughters. Jesus, will you just refresh us again? Let us see your smile. 
let us uh, let us see your affirmation. You are a lo- you are the lover of our souls, Jesus. Uh, you don't measure us by our performance. You don't measure us by how impressive we are. You just have poured your love on us, undeserved, unrelenting love on us. We want to stand in your love, Jesus. We want to stand in that. Whatever else, whatever else stands or falls, we stand in you, Jesus. And so we say, Lord, we want to carry this treasure with us wherever we go. We want to take it with us wherever we go. We do want to be atmosphere changers wherever we go. Lord, not even in, in our clever strategies, but just in just simply being who it is that you called us to be, a, a son of God, a daughter of God, in the beloved Lord Jesus. I just want to pray, oh God, that you would, uh, uh, you would fall upon us with a fresh measure of easy faith for what you called us to do. Lord, it's, it's fun, it's friendship, it's food, but it's faith. Lord, we're men and women of faith. I just pray that we will we'll see what other people can't see because you've given us an eye of faith. When other people are weak around us, we can carry them because we say, no, no, I, I've seen something here. I'm not going to let go of this pit bull spirit. I'm not going to let go. I've seen, a vi- I've seen the city of God. I can't turn away. I, I, I'm, I'm not being foolish. I'm just saying I can't do anything else. I can't do anything else. What else can I do? I've seen something. What else can I do? So I'm just praying, Lord Jesus, that you would impart a fresh measure of faith to every man and woman in this room. Lord God, that they would be uh, those who stand firm. They cannot fail. Lord, they they will stand firm because uh, you have already commended us. (laughs) What failure is there when the king has already commended us? Yeah, projects may fail. Projects may fail. But we can't fail. We can't fail. Lord Jesus, just want to ask Chris to come and pray over us. Chris, will you come and pray over us? God wants to uh, break fear this morning. It's like, what would your life look like if the only fear was the fear of God? Wow. Let's, let's just allow the God's Spirit to do something in us right now. Be free from fear in Jesus' name. We impart courage and faith. We impart a focus on Jesus and the fear of God. And we say no other fear is welcome in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be full of courage, mighty man of God. Be full of courage, mighty woman of God. Be full of faith for what he's called you to. I see eyes being lifted up, saying, I've called you to something bigger. I don't have courage for that. I'm giving you courage right now. I'm called you to something bigger. I'm scared of that. I'm taking that fear in the name of my son, Jesus. God is with us this morning to take away fear and to replace it with courage, replace it with faith, replace it with love, replace it with peace, be at peace. Some of you thinking, I've got used to this fear. I don't like the idea of not having this fear. God says, I've got peace for you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be at peace right now in Jesus' name. 
It's like I've, I've had faith for that person. I've had faith for that person. Brilliant. God says, I'm going to begin to give you faith for that group of people. I'm giving you faith for that group. I'm giving you faith for that city. I'm giving you faith for that nation. But I'm just me. God says, I've called you. I've called you. I've called you. Whom shall I say sent me? That's a brilliant question. I sent you. I sent you. You don't go in the authority of your own name. You go in the authority of the great I am. Now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, will you do all that you desire to do in us? We say with all of our hearts, your will be done. We say with all of our hearts, yes. Even as in Christ, every promise is yes. We let our spirits cry out a yes to your will. Whatever the cost, yes to your will. In the name of Jesus. I want you to just bless each other. Go and you don't have to pray long. Just say, bless. Let's bless each other. And then, and then Daniel, one last or two last. Yeah, a real let's go for it. Let the nations be glad. Yeah, that's it. Let the nations be glad.